What if Jesus was physically here today? What would be different? How would he respond to the challenges of today? How would he react to social injustice? Would he captivate the attention of the common society? Where would he spend his time? Jesus, the Messiah in today. Thank you for tuning in. Captivate. The Lord Jesus, he created mankind. He created people. He created you. He created I. He created them. All of us. We are creations of God. And out of everything that God created that is on the face of this earth and even in heavens, the Bible says the Lord God created the angels. But out of everything on the face of this earth, the Bible speaks that only one of God's creation that he formed. And that forming, he intentionally did that because God wanted us, you and I, uh, to be able to take dominion and live and conquer like him. The Bible says, let us make man according to our image. Let us make man according to our image. So since you and I are created in the image of God, now what, what seems to be the challenge is the enemy to hurt, to hurt God or to try to cause the most pain to, look to the Lord Jesus, he attempts to go for what hurts, what's most dear to the heart of God. So let's put you in a position of, of understanding here. Everyone have something that is sentimental to them that they have worked hard for, that they have pushed um, forward, that they tried. Uh, that means a lot. Some of you might be a degree that you have. Some of you might be uh, uh, maybe a project that you're working on. Some of you might be a house that you have. Everyone, we each on the face of the earth, we have something that's sentimental to us. Some of you, the most sentimental um, possession in your life are your kids. Some of you might be your dog. Some of you might be maybe a, a, a gadget. There are things that are sentimental to you that means the most. Um, and when, the, when someone wants to really trigger you or, or stir you up and make you upset, the best way for them to do this is to find that one item that carries value, that one item that carries um, grace into your life, that one item that you value the most, and then try to go for it. When they don't just go for it to steal it, they try to slowly but surely go to you to cause pain. And this is the assignment of the enemy. How can I cause you pain? How can I cause God pain? How can I cause you and God pain? So according to what we read in the Bible, the center, the heart of God is in mankind. I, I can prove that to you. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son to die for us. Jesus died for man. He did not die for animals. He did not, he did not die for the trees. He did not die for the birds. He did not die for our assets. He did not die for our possessions. He did not die for your career. He died for us, mankind, us as human. So we are so important to God that God died for us. So God, Jesus, God was willing. If we were to put this in a storyline that let's just say we don't know how the story ends. You and I obviously know how the story ends. 
But let's just say we don't know how this story ends. God himself was willing to exchange his life for our lives. Remember, let's just say we don't know how this story ends. Because you and I know that, yes, Jesus died, but he resurrected. But let's just say we don't know how this story ends. We're reading it from a perspective that God died for us, meaning I'd rather, not, I'd rather lose Jesus than to lose you. So I'll give Jesus away as long as I get to keep you. But obviously we know that God knew that Jesus was resurrected from the dead, but God was willing to watch Jesus, his only begotten son. God gave his son away for his creation. That's powerful. The Bible says his only son was given away for the creation of God. It's almost as if you have a child and you're willing to exchange your child for that one item in your life that's the most sentimental. Think about it. Let me ask you a question. What is the most sentimental item in your life? Think about it. Give it about a few seconds. What's the most sentimental? That one item or person or thing that you cherish to the core that if this thing is re if this thing or person is removed from you, you would you would be you it would be disastrous. It would be the end of the world. What is that one thing? What is that one thing? Identify it. And this is this is where it gets wild. God gave his son for that one thing. I'm trying to put it into perspective that God gave his son for his creation. As a software develop, a developer, I create mobile apps. I create softwares. It's like, that's my creation. That's what I work for. That's my hands. That's the work of my hands. That's the fruit of my labor. I wouldn't give my child away for my creations. Because a creation I can recreate. My child, I cannot. The Bible says that God gave his only son, Jesus, to die for his creation. And now that puts into perspective how important you are to God. God can recreate mankind, but you can't recreate your son. If, you're, if we're speaking from logically, perspective, analytically, just looking at the words, breaking down the words, you can recreate your creation, a creation, but you cannot recreate your son. God gave his blood for us because we are important to God. So now the enemy who, who is extremely wise, who is extremely strong, who is extremely trickery, he knows the way around. So at this point, he says, you know what? The best way for me to get at God is to get at God's people, God's creation. So what he does now, he puts a hindrance, a challenge between you and I, or you and such and such, or such and such and you. And in return, not only is he causing challenges to your growth, he's causing challenges in the heart of God because it's a horrible thing when God's willing to give his son to die for us, but we're not willing to give our pride to live for God. God was willing to give his son to die for us, but we are not willing to give our pride away so that we may live for Christ. And that's the challenge that appears. That's the challenge that's presented. And that is why the enemy is trying at all force and all attempt to destroy and to dis dis dismantle the people of God. And the best way to do that is to allow us to live in controversy, in a controversial um, spectrum, to allow us to live a lifestyle of confusion and distraction. Because of why? 
if he can cause pain in your the enemy won't have it's not much of a problem if you're beefing i have a dog if you're beefing against your dog <laughs> that doesn't cause it the enemy won't never allow you to beef against your, a dog or you to beef against a house or you to beef against an object or material or your creation the, or even a tree let's just say you 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 god forbid you're you're running and you slam you, you ran into a tree then then you hate this tree you hate it so much that hatred won't last too long probably last 30 seconds because why They're, the enemy will not allow you to have hatred towards that creations of god that specific creation he will uh, on the other hand allow you to have create or pursue you or persuade you per se to have extreme animosity against the people of god against the creation of god because why now he's targeting the heart that that the heart of god directly he is targeting directly the heart of the father and that right there is a problem that right there is a problem when you're targeting the heart of god and this is why God is trying to help us understand how to live together, how to how to operate together. If you the first way to know the first check mark you should ask yourself is this when you run into conflicts, ask yourself this question or answer this question. When you run into conflicts, what do you do? Do you retaliate? Do you fall back? Think about the last couple of conflicts. Don't think about one. Think about four of them, last three or four of them. There is no way on the face of this earth a human that lives on this earth can avoid conflict. It's not possible. You must have conflict. It is, it is mandatory, not by God, but by the enemy because that's his first attack. How can I, the enemy, this is the enemy, uh, this is the voice of the enemy. How can I, comma, the enemy, cause Jane Doe to have uh, uh, carry animosity against Jennifer. That is his plan. How can he do that? And he, he lives, he walks the face of this earth doing that one thing, separate, trying to separate man with, within man, between man and man. Now, I will be honest, even me, I have fallen short. There are times that when the conflict appears, instead of re-engaging re, re and responding the godly way, I respond back with conflict. I respond back with an attitude. I, I try to clap back or fire back. But as I grow in the Lord, I've come to understand this is the pure plan of the enemy. How can he place a disruption between I and God? How can he, uh, how can he place a fence, a border between God and uh, between us and people, which will cause a distraction to the heart of God, because it's rough that your son died for this create the creations, the, your your own creation, but then your creation are not willing to let go of their pride and forgive to live well together. It's hurtful. It's painful. And the Bible speaks that God is an emotional God. God carries emotion. The Bible says the anger of the Lord. The Bible says the joy of the Lord. So it, it, God Himself carries emotions. But now the plan of the enemy is to cause us to have animosity. What do you do when conflict arise? I don't want to dig too deep into this in this uh, episode series here, but I, uh, episode, but I want you to think about it. What do you do? Think about the last four one. Evaluate. What do you do when conflict arises? Do you fall back retreat? Do you fall back and then reassess? Do you try to fall back and just, and just let it go and keep moving on in life? How do you address conflict? Or do you respond right then and there on the spot? 
Are you able to maintain your emotions or contain uh, your uh, your emotions to respond? Not I. I'm not referring to oh I have a beef. I'm talking about solid problems, something that is rough, that's hurtful. When someone hurts you, when someone comes at you, remember that last. I'm I am not trying to stir up the past, but remember there the times in your life when someone really did hurt you. How did you respond? Because normally, not normally or naturally as mankind, we will be offended. The spirit of God does live in you, but that does not mean that you don't, you are not a, a, the, a flesh. I will prove that to you. The spirit of God lives in your flesh because you are flesh and the spirit lives in that flesh. So the flesh still exists. You are flesh and the spirit lives in that flesh. So hence, there will be time that the flesh will want to respond. There will be time that the flesh will want to retaliate. There will be time that the flesh will want to speak a word. There will be time that the flesh will want to be the flesh. But when you live in the spirit of grace, you make mistakes. But your mistakes, you don't just seek forgiveness because forgiveness is not in love. You seek forgiveness and you seek instructions to do better. If you are seeking forgiveness from the Lord without seeking an instruction from the Lord to do better, your forgiveness, that process of forgiveness will lead you to make the same mistake over and over again. The only thing that can protect you from making the same mistake over and over again is if you confess, you seek forgiveness, and you seek instruction. Forgiveness does not come without an instruction, but you have to wait for the instruction. The forgiveness is instantly. The instructions take time. Forgiveness is instantly. Instructions require waiting on the Lord to see how can I grow? How can I do better? How can I respond better? How can I retaliate? How can I, re how can we, how can I, re I don't want to use the retaliate. How can I respond without retaliating? This is the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus that we need. We need this in our lives. Listen, people of God, God gave his only son to die for you. That's how important you are to him. But the challenge of that importance is we don't see that value. When you see the value of someone giving their son to die for someone that is not their son, you'll realize that you are really, truly important. I would hate to say it like this, but to help you understand it, God gave his son to die for people that are not his sons. God gave his son to die for strangers. God gave his sons to die for unknowns. God gave his son to die for people that are ignoring him. God gave his son to die for aliens. You and I, not aliens, the UFO, but aliens in regards, we're strangers. We're not citizens of this earth, we're creations. This is how important you are to God. First question, meditate on this. We'll be back on next episode, but how do you respond when challenges come? And just watch it. I pray. You know what? I even pray that the Lord God Almighty will bring to remembrance some challenges that you faced in your life so you can see how to respond. Because if you can conquer this portion here, the response process, I guarantee you, you'll conquer victory. You'll, you'll, you'll move into victory. You'll carry the banner of victory. And you'll operate in victory. Because your biggest problem is not forgiveness. It's the response. Is how you responded because forgiveness just requires you to say sorry but the response is the challenge so i encourage you subscribe share enable notifications i don't want you to miss one episode because if we can understand the value that god gave his son to die for aliens for unknown unknown foreigners or unknown um illegitimate i'm gonna use another word illegitimate 
uh, sons, then you will see that there's power because God gave his son to die for creation. Now, I am not saying that you and I are illegitimate childs of God. I'm trying to explain the text here without leaving the boundaries of the word of God. The word of God keeps us, we are supposed to remain uh, within the walls of the word, but to better under help you understand Jesus in today, we were not sons and daughters. We were servants of God. God gave his son to die for servants. I want you to subscribe, like, share, and meditate on it. What do you do? How do you respond to conflict? And what can you do better in your responses? What can you do better when animosity arises? What can you do better when someone embarrasses you? What can you do better when someone falsely accuses you? What can you do better when someone speaks evil of you? What can you do better when situation arises between you and your spouse or you or your family? What can you do better in this scenario where, when challenges appear? What can you do better when your boss come at you? What can you do better when your colleague who's smarter than you or know more than you comes at you disrespectfully? What can you do better? Think about it, think about it, meditate on it, contemplate on it, and know this, we will be coming with heavy reasoning and truth. God does not want us to just roll over and allow people to come at us disrespectfully, but God wants us to know that we are his creation and he gave his son to die for creation. Think about it. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you. And we are praying for you. God loves you so much that he gave his son to die for his creation. This is Evangelist Stevenson from the Rise and Walk Ministry. I would also like to invite you Wednesday nights. We are live on YouTube, typically at 9.30. If you go on YouTube, type in Raw 2535. Wednesday nights, we are digging deeper into this topic. We are digging, the whole purpose of the gospel is people. We are digging into that topic, and I want you to be encouraged in it. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, blessings.